Reading and Readers is officially one year old. Hi, my name is Terence and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Just not today. Today is a special episode where we celebrate the baby steps of this podcast. On the 19th of April 2021, last year, I launched Reading and Readers. And for this anniversary and every anniversary afterwards, I plan to look not at the books, but in the mirror. This is a behind-the-scenes episode, and hopefully this is the beginning of, again, hopefully, a long tradition. I was thinking to do a post-mortem review kind of thing, where I describe three things that could be improved and three things that I was happy with. Now, examples of things that could improve include better proofreading, I wince at the English mistakes that get into both the recorded audio and the written post in the website. Um, Another thing is that the podcast can be improved with better editing. I would like to remove the fillers, the ah, uh, mm, e, um, and the pauses, and perhaps include more sound effects, which I did in the early uh, episodes. Um, So that's an area that I could uh, improve on. But the most critical area of improvement that would cover all the other improvements, all the other areas, would be that I record earlier and not, say, two hours before the deadline. (laughs) I have more things that I should improve on uh, in my list. But as I look at my list, it's boring. Boring because I know I'm going to say the exact same things next year and every year after that because... The fact of the matter is, this podcast is not my full-time job. I have responsibilities and commitments that have only increased, not decreased, in this past one year. Also, um, the way this podcast works is that it doesn't allow me to prepare a backlog of episodes. I can't record five or ten episodes in one go. You see, I review one, if not two, free books of the month. The premise of Reading and Readers is to encourage readers, to encourage you to get books before those deals end. And I get access to those free books the same time as everybody else does, which is part of the fun (laughs) and also part of the stress. But because of that, I can't actually make a backlog. I can't uh, record everything else, uh, all these books uh, reviews early on. Uh, in terms of quality, uh, because I don't think I have that much time, in terms of quality, I believe that it will get better as I get more practice. But honestly, uh, what I'm doing here is I'm aiming for consistency over everything else. I'm just trying to knock out one episode every two weeks. And sometimes, if I can, I push myself to give you one more extra episode because I just want to share this book that I had finished. So if uh, going through my list of areas to improve on is boring, what should I do for this episode? Is there a different way to make a meaningful reflection on the past year? Now, it just so happens, just so happens that I am in the middle of preparing a study on 2 Thessalonians for my church's Bible study. And I read uh, John Stott, uh, his comments on 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3 to 4, where he asks, What should our attitude be to Christians who are doing well in some aspect of their discipleship? He then then poses the dilemma. If we congratulate them, we risk puffing them up and robbing God of His glory. 
On the other hand, if we say nothing, we discourage them in their Christian walk. And Stott um, asks us to follow Paul's example. I quote, Instead, we can affirm and encourage people in the most Christian of all ways. I thank God for you, brother or sister. I thank Him for the gifts He has given you, for His grace in your life, for what I see in you of the love and gentleness of Christ. This way affirms without flattering and encourages without puffing up. End quote. So I thought that was something uh, that, that uh, made me think as I looked through my list, as I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking, where is God here? How can I... I don't want to like thank you, thank myself, and so on. I want to thank God. So I, I don't want it to feel like this is a human in endeavor absent God's providence. I could tack on. I thank God for this. I thank God for that. But to me, with the attitude that I have right now, all right, it feels like I'm doing it because I have to. The thanksgiving lacks depth or insight. And um, if I just say those things, okay, it's like a, an Oscar award uh, uh, speech. So it doesn't seem sincere. And I want there to be something more that leads me, that leads me towards that utterance of, of thanksgiving. So I was, thinking, I was thinking, how could I work towards seeing God in this podcast? Then I asked myself, do any of the books I review uh, help in, in this? Does any of the books that I've, uh, I've uh, shared with you guys recently, do any of them actually help? So two books came to mind, immediately came to mind. Uh, one is the God, Technology and the Christian Life by Tony Reinke and Redeeming Our Thinking About History by Vern S. Poitras. Now Reinke's book can help me think about podcasting while Poitras' book is on history, and the one-year anniversary is history. Now, Poitras proposed three aspects to history. People, events, and meaning. He also provocatively suggested that we can and we should seek to tease out God's purposes in history. So, this seemed interesting. Can I apply what I read in these two books, Ranke and Poitras's books, to reflect on the past one year of this podcast history? Let's find out. The first aspect is people. So I asked myself, who made reading and readers possible? And the first person that came to my mind was my wife. Before, I asked my friends what they thought and I had great ideas and uh, bouncing back and forth. The first person I asked and was my wife, and she encouraged me. She helpfully listened as I brainstormed all sorts of ideas that came to my head about this uh, podcast, and she even helped to pick the podcast cover. I actually preferred another version and was slightly annoyed that she didn't choose what I preferred. But looking back, because I chose her, I made what she chose, uh, she was right. All right, so now looking back, the, the one I like didn't seem so nice after all. And as I reflect, I saw that I should not just look at her active and direct contribution to this podcast, but also see her passive and indirect contribution. She looks after the home and the children so well, such that I can squeeze the time to read, write, and record this podcast. 
So I thank God that God, you are so good to bless me with such a lovely wife. Now, when I mention my lovely wife, naturally my children come to mind. And although the children have occasionally interrupted my flow of thoughts, which I never regain, and sometimes when I was in the middle of recording, they would burst through the room, slamming the door, chase each other, sometimes laughing, sometimes crying, and just completely destroyed the, <laughs> the recording. Um, I thank God, I thank God that I managed to hold back my momentary annoyance, uh, which I can laugh now, but not then, uh, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I thank God for my children. So I must remember that. So my children have also directly, directly contributed to this podcast. Because of them, I bought, read, and reviewed the Green Ember series by S.D. Smith, Smith and the Wing Feather series by Andrew Peterson. If you have children, you really should get both series. Also, I foresee that this podcast will be my legacy to my children. I hope to pass this to my children. One day, I will be gone, and perhaps they might want to hear their father's voices, a father's voice and thoughts about books and the Christian life. So that thought keeps this podcast going too. I also want to thank God for another important group of people, the church. In my church, there are uh, readers and there are um, mostly there are not many. Uh, there are not that many readers in my church, or if they are, they are hiding themselves very, very well. <laughs> but um, but I don't want to approach this uh, uh, this part like a, a shared interest sort of thing. I like football. They like football, and I thank God that we all like football. I don't want to approach it that way. I want to say that it is within the church that I can live out what I read. I talk to people. Uh, around me, and as we talk, I sometimes share a nugget from something I read, and uh, a quote from Cheap Grace from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a story on forgiveness from Corey Tenboom, or a comment on Thanksgiving from Second Thessalonians uh, from John Stott. So I I love to share from the life and work of wonderful saints to encourage the saints around me. And I don't just thank them, my brothers and sisters in Christ, for being an attentive audience to my stories and to my, <laughs> to my nuggets. But more importantly, more importantly, I have matured through the church, through the good, the bad, and the ugly. The books I read make sense because of the experiences I went through. And, uh, and because of the experience, because of the books, because of the life that I went through, uh, I can put all these things together and... and make sense of things and help others. For example, for example, the book, uh, The Peacemaking Pastor, A Biblical Guide to Resolving Church Conflict by Alfred Poirier is so good. One day I'll do a review, but I just put it off because I, I want to make sure I can do it justice. It's not a book that I want to finish recording two hours before the deadline. It's, uh, it really, I really like this book. I've gone to it for advice. I've seen what he has, uh, what he has written has encouraged me to, to stay the course, to stay the peacemaking course. And um, this is the beauty of the whole thing. I cannot make copies of the man. I can't invite him to sit in for every conflict my church has. But what I can do is buy copies of his book. I can read his book. I can apply what he is 
uh, what he has written in this book. It boggles the mind when, uh, when I think that a church, okay, any church, okay, may have solutions to their problems, but nobody knows that it's sitting on their shelves covered in dust. Nobody knows that there's a book perhaps in Amazon that is waiting to be purchased and downloaded into your Kindle or into your uh, app. So it's just like there is this resource written by Christians, but people don't know it. So that's part of how this podcast came to be as well. Now, I don't want to overpromise what reading books can achieve. I, that's, I don't want to overpromise. I'm just pointing out that there are people, all right, there are godly Christian people who spend a lifetime, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years or more, and they are they are learning. They have. Uh, they have made peace. Okay, the, the the biblical concept of making peace among within the church. There are people who have studied the Bible. They have preached. They have disciple, and they have. They they are shown for Christ in the mission field, and we are not to copy them blindly or just to accept everything that they say, a lock, stock, and barrel. That's not what I'm saying. But we can learn from them. So I am thankful for the church for the books that the, the people of God have written, from whom I can draw counsel and joy as I read their books. And also, um, thankful to God that I can contribute back to the church. There's a, there's a place that I can, can love and also uh, uh, contribute to, uh, whether it's via this podcast or the other means. So after finishing my reflection on this, uh, the people, okay, in the Poitresses, uh, there are three aspects, people, events, and meaning. So now let's move on to the second aspect. The question we want to ask here is, what events make reading and readers possible? One, we have the COVID-19 event. Uh, because of COVID, I bought a good microphone. <laughs> because I can justify the cost. I can use it for work uh, because of COVID. So work needs a microphone, a church, and also, coincidentally, for this podcast. So it is a very multi-purpose purchase, which uh, makes it easy to justify the cost. Because of COVID, uh, other people uh, have picked up cooking or gardening. Uh, I picked up podcasting. Because of COVID, people who would previously do something else, I they listened to this podcast. One listener even kindly said that reading and readers was one of the best things that came out of COVID. Um, that, that was really wonderful to hear. Now, while COVID-19 triggered the launch of this reading and readers, what really made reading and readers possible is the technology behind podcasting. Something that some most of us all of us may not even think about. And this is where Tony Reinke's book, God, Technology and the Christian Life comes in. Now, to you and I, listening to a podcast is a simple matter of downloading one app from the many apps in the store into a smartphone which holds many other apps. You click on the app icon and you press play and you hear the podcaster's voice. It's as simple as that. We don't think about the technology or events that make everything I said possible. Now, I could spend an entire podcast episode just exhaustively detailing every technological advancement and event, but let's just do a very, very quick sample. For one thing, 
mics, microphones used to be crazy expensive. And it used to be that even if you could afford one, you could not plug a mic into a computer. Those were two separate devices. And uh, then we also have this internet, which connects you and I together right now. I have watched many hours of online tutorials made by people who were just sharing their knowledge and, and skills. And there were many, many how-to-podcast how to videos. And it was, if it was not for them, it was not because of this free knowledge, I would not have been able to set all these things up. I use social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more, wherever it is, to reach listeners from 33 countries. Okay, That's the number of people, listeners that uh, is listening to this uh, podcast as of today. Big, big names like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts carry my tiny, tiny little podcasts in their, their streams, in their things. And, and they carry them for free. And I haven't even mentioned the smartphone from which most of you are listening podcasts with. And I've only just mentioned the individual components of the system. I have not mentioned the super systems, the systems of systems that make innovation and mass distribution possible. Here I would like to quote from Tony Reinke's book, uh, God, Technology and the Christian Life. Exploring all the implications of the Christ-centered basis of technology would require another book. Here I can simply state the glorious fact. Apart from Christ, there is no art, no science, no technology, no agriculture, no microprocessor, and no medical innovation. Apart from Christ, we would have no iPhones. Nothing that now exists, visible or invisible, can exist if it first didn't exist in the mind of the Creator. End quote. So for this episode, as I think about all the events that make reading and readers possible, I can only sing... O oh Lord, my God, how great Thou art. And now we come to the last aspect in uh, Poetress's three-point list. After people, events, we come to meaning. Can we determine God's purpose in history? Now, go read Poetress's book for a full answer, uh, for a full exploration on that question, or listen to my review on his book. With this podcast only being one year old, a baby among podcasts, I'm going to attempt the question, what is God's purpose for the Reading and Readers podcast? Now let us consider this. Can we say that, humanly speaking, divine purpose can only be derived from what we see and experience? When I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I testify that everything that happened to bring me to that point was for God's purpose, which is to, for my salvation. And I confidently say this because it is only God who saves. And He is uh, omnipresent, He is uh, omnipotent, He is omniscient, and so He almighty, all-knowing, and um, He brought me to that point in time. When God heals a person from cancer, we say confidently that it is God's purpose to heal. When God does not heal, we say we don't know yet what His purposes are. His purpose is hidden. 
But if we find out some years later that the doctors and nurses who tended to him became Christians because of this cancer patient's life and testimony, we say that maybe our brother in Christ had cancer in order to bring about the salvation of many. That's how we think, right? As we we observe something, we observe an outcome, and then we think about what could possibly be God's purpose. What is the meaning behind this historical event? So there are two points we are talking about here. One, humanly speaking, outside of the Holy Scripture, divine purpose is teased out from what we observe. And that's the only way we can do it. Two, humanly speaking, outside of the Holy Scripture, God's purpose is hidden and will only be revealed in His time. If you put those things together, we can conclude actually to ponder God's purpose for this podcast seems foolish, arrogant, presumptuous, hubris to do so. But you see, to not make the attempt seems to ignore that God is actually at work in history. God did not finish the Bible, went for a holiday and he'll come back to work on the last days. God is ever-present. His hand moves history. So though we know, we don't know yet why the whys of history, we don't know it yet, we are told to constantly be mindful of God who is behind history. So do you see the tension that I'm describing over here? We try to think about the whys, but at the same time we are saying that we will never know the whys. And this is no easy thing to even Uh, ponder about the whys, the the meaning. Consider the story of Mars Hill. If you have not listened to the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, you should, wherever you stand on this this Mars Hill question. It is like a murder mystery, but instead of a dead man, you have a dead church. How did the church die? What killed it? Great question. And you should, and you will listen until the end. Now, what if a one-year-old Mars Hill, okay, we go back to the past, we go back to the past in the very first year of Mars Hill, and what if the, the, those people, the founders of Mars Hill, ventured to, to divine, to decipher God's purpose for itself, this young church, and based on where it was, the direction it's going, and the early fruits that they saw then. So they try to think about what is God's purpose? What's the meaning of what they have all experienced? And because of what we know now, we could say that it was way off target. But even, even now, after the fall of Mars Hill, it's still too early to know what was or what is God's purpose for Mars Hill. We still don't know. And it will always be too early Do we know God's purpose for the British monarchy or the American independence or for even ancient Chinese civilization? That has already passed a long time ago. Now it's the modern Chinese uh, civilization. It's still too early to say and it's always too early to say. We can only truly know after the curtain closes, when this age ends. And even then, with all of history behind us, our minds will not be able to grasp God's purposes for every strand of the people and the events. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the age, only God can reveal His purposes. We are all just guessing. 
So until that day, this life is like a mystery novel with us reading the novel and with us being in the novel. In reading a mystery, okay, the genre of mystery novel, the point of the genre is to try to figure out who the murderer is. We have suspects with their motives. Okay, we explore their backgrounds and so on. We have clues and they lead us into, uh, into a wild goose chase in some cases. Some of us may even be so diligent as to sketch out a timeline as we read the book of where everybody was at what time just so that we can pinpoint who the murderer is. Now, I never figured out who the murderer was, but that doesn't stop me from reading mystery novels and trying to figure it out because that's where the fun is. And the mystery novelist welcomes us in this. The novelist in writing this book is not saying, drat, isn't it obvious who the murderer was? What a damn fool the reader is. So, I mean, that's not how he or she thinks. She welcomes us into the, the intrigue. So as I venture into the next part of this episode, I want you to know that when I speak of God's divine purpose, I speak in human terms. It is I, not the Lord, who speak. <laughs> so what you hear next is my bumbling guess. Okay? And my, my role in this, in this episode is the bumbling fool who is one year into reading and readers and is trying to figure out what is the divine purpose? What is the God, God's meaning for this humble podcast? For listeners, maybe there are books that God wanted you to read. And this podcast introduced you to them, gave you that push to read them, so that you will delight, you will benefit, and maybe share these books with other people. And if what I just described really did happen, please email me, please tell me. I'll print and stick your email on my wall, all right? because that would be so exciting. Or maybe you heard me uh, review, make a review of a book and then you just agree with me on what I think and you just needed to hear some affirmation that what you thought someone else also uh, felt the same way or thought the same way. Or it could be the other way around. You think that I'm completely wrong, that it's just rubbish what I just said. You disagree with me. And God wanted you to hear perhaps an alternate view presented in a different way, hopefully in a civil, kind, and Christian way. Or maybe, or maybe, you see what I'm doing here and you feel emboldened to launch your own project because if, if this guy Terence can do it, I can do a better job. I mean, so you decided that, yes, finally, you will push off and do your own project, maybe a podcast, maybe your own Christian book review podcast. And if yes, let me know. And again, I'll, well, we can talk and then maybe I can share with you, with you my experience in this one year. Now, there are, these are just some of the guesses I have for, for the listeners. Uh, maybe some of the guesses I have for God's purpose uh, for you listening to this. For myself, I know, okay, this is what I know, that if not for this podcast, there are definitely books that I wouldn't have chosen to read. If not for this podcast, having opened the first few pages of some of these books, I wouldn't have finished them. And having finished them, uh, whatever books, whether good or bad, 
I would have kept silent for most of the time. I, I mean, other than those a few occasions that I have, uh, but I wouldn't have reviewed them. I wouldn't have spent 20, 30 minutes to tell someone about them. So I would have kept silent in that sense. So I've grown because of this. But maybe God's purpose is not in my reading, but in the development of my skills. Maybe when I'm doing all these things that I'm doing, editing, getting all these microphones working, and, and all this stuff that goes behind, uh, behind the scenes, I'm developing skills here for a future purpose that I do not know yet. Maybe there is a book in the horizon that will just transform my life. It's coming close to me. And that book will launch me to a place I never knew I would go. But having reached there, I could trace my unexpected journey to this humble podcast. And this is what I hope that maybe through this podcast, I'll get to know people that I otherwise wouldn't know. Fellow readers, podcasters, authors. Unlikely friendships are a true blessing from God. So which one of... Everything that I just listed is God's purpose. Maybe all of them. Now, this next bit can be quite fun. I'm sure you know of God's attributes. Uh, God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. But have you heard of this one? God is omnirational. Um, I got this, uh, this word from an article written by Daniel M. Johnson. The title of his article is, Omnirationality and divine providence. And uh, let me quote God doesn't just act for some of the good reasons there are to do what he does, he acts for all of them. Baylor University philosophy professor Alexander R. Proust calls this divine attribute omnirationality. Since rationality is the property of acting for reasons, omnirationality is a good name for the fact that God always acts for all the reasons they are to do what he does, end quote. Now, this is a very exciting prospect for me as we consider a meaning uh, in what we do, not just in this podcast, but uh, in what we do. This means that uh, all the possible reasons as we apply this omnirationality into this uh, uh, Reading in Readers podcast, all the possible reasons, uh, that includes the reasons for you, the listener, and for me, the reviewer, all those reasons or purposes uh, could all be true. Now imagine a snooker game where a single shot causes all 21 balls to be pocketed. Now that would be the greatest game of all time. A single shot, 21 balls, boop, 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 goes into the hole. It would stop the mouths of everybody who watches the video of that game. Now, I believe when the curtain closes for this age, we will see God's omnirationality displayed. And in that, God will have all the glory as we see how everything just comes together and all those purposes and meanings actually just come together seamlessly under God's great uh, omnipotence, omniscience, uh, omnipresence and omnirationality. So as I end, let me just quote uh, uh, the conclusion, uh, the two last paragraphs from uh, uh, Johnson's article on God's omnirationality. I quote, Since I began making a practice of looking relentlessly for the silver linings of everything that happens, 
I have found myself regularly rejoicing in the goodness and wisdom of God, which I can now more easily perceive in the course of the world. Sometimes I am overwhelmed by the fact that I am discerning His mind and that what I can see of His mind is beautiful. It's goodness demonstrated, demonstrated by everything good that occurs. Such a practice is bound to move us to spontaneous praise and thanksgiving. It enables us to obey the command to be thankful in all circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Similarly, we should always be aware of the fact that God has always more reasons than we can see for what He has ordained. We should live in anticipation of new reasons being revealed to us in the course of events, reasons we couldn't have imagined while we were in the midst of the difficult circumstances that puzzle us. God's mind is inexhaustible so that its depths remain always unplumbed. End quote. Or, in short, Proverbs 25, verse 2, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. This is a Reading and Reader's reflection on its first year. 40 episodes, more or less, and counting. If you like Christian books, subscribe to the Reading and Readers podcast and make sure you tell a friend. For who knows, maybe you have been placed in this position for this very purpose. Have a great day. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening.